Hi, welcome to the Movement for Modern Life podcast. I'm Kat Farrance and I'm founder of the Movement for Modern Life, known as the Netflix of yoga. In this podcast, I'll be exploring ways that we can all move more freely towards a healthy, happy and sustainable life. I'll be meeting teachers and experts in a variety of different fields. I'll be sharing with you some of my tips and tools that I have in my toolbox so you can take your small steps towards a healthy, happy, sustainable life. Welcome to the ninth episode in the Movement for Modern Life Champions of Change series. And this episode is a silly summer special because we turn the tables. This week, Raki who is our residence movement for modern life wordsmith, decided to turn the tables on me and ask me some questions. So if you want to find out about things like how I found my dharma and the practices that suit me best and how we choose our teachers for movement for modern life and the story, the story about how I changed from being a lawyer working in the city to starting Movement for Modern Life, this is the episode for you. Just for a little bit of something different to change things up, because we love to champion change in whatever format that is. So grab yourself a cuppa, kick back and enjoy. Hi Kat, um, it's exciting to be turning the tables on on you uh, for this week's podcast and and finding out a bit more about uh, about the changes you've made in your life and I think I I definitely feel you're 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 definitely one of my champions of of change um but it's really exciting to 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 find out some of the steps you've taken to make changes in your life and I think you're constantly changing things and it's um it's amazing to to, to really see you do that and you're 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 always coming up with fantastic ideas so so yeah it's really exciting to to talk to you I, I should just say hello to everyone um I'm Raki and I uh, I edit and write the blogs and the the courses on movement for modern life um and I thought it would be really exciting to hear Kat's story for for the podcast so um so I've persuaded her to 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 be the subject um for once so so Kat tell us about how you (laughs) tell us about how you got into yoga and the tech because you were a lawyer weren't you before before you became a yoga teacher Mm. and then Um, no no not the right order I um so I practiced yoga before I practiced law thank goodness um, so I've started practicing when I was 18, and in fact, I trained as a lawyer at the same time that I trained as a yoga teacher. It was exactly at the same time. So um, two careers going on together, because basically I'd found yoga, I absolutely loved it, and I knew I wanted to deepen my practice. And for me, the teacher training was a question of deepening my practice. And you know me, I'm a little bit um, all or nothing. If I like something, I'm going to dive in. So no matter that I was sort of at a massive corporate law firm and working a million hours a day, no, no, no. On my weekends, I had to do my yoga teacher training as well. So (laughs) yoga teacher training and yoga has always been part, luckily, um, of my working life. Um, But yeah, it it wasn't my job. 
and that was a probably a good thing kept it kept it sweet for me and and so when did did you decide that 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 yoga was really the the path that 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 you wanted to follow or that that you were meant to follow and and that actually the 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 law and yoga didn't sit so comfortably for you side by side so I think the first thing to think of for me was um for me actually yoga and law really did because I practiced as a lawyer in the city for about 10 years and as a yogi as well and they really really did help like I don't think I'd have survived without my practice so it really was wonderful but what I found was basically I would, at the time, it was a few years back now, so there were only a couple of studios in London, and I used to literally spend all day plotting and planning how I can get to the 7.30 class, and then, of course, at 6.30, you get a call from a client, you're like, no, please get off the phone, so I'd really, really stress out, and then, yeah, they get them off the phone, and then jump on my bike, get across London, um, drenched in sweat, turn up five minutes late always very very stressful so the yoga experience got me through the law for sure but it was also not an experience without its stress trying to combine the two but to go back to your question um, I realized yeah it was when basically I had a few so as a lawyer let's just say I wasn't a particularly I wasn't a particularly committed one so I started off doing corporate commercial and then, um, you know, I was always sort of trying to find the right thing. And I was convinced that if I found the right thing, all would be good. I did work. My happiest days as a lawyer were working as a human rights lawyer. And um, I did very much enjoy that. But there were some <laughs> distinct downsides to it. Mostly putting on shoes and wearing a suit, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> What it was, was I was fortunate enough to have some really key events in my life um, occur quite close to each other. So I had a really nasty car accident, which immobilized me for months. And then I had, my husband left me very, very suddenly. It was really a shock to me. And that didn't, although you'd think, oh, and that caused the change. It didn't cause the change because I was very stuck in my habit. I was stuck in a pattern. I was wanting to be a comfort zone. I was afraid. I was afraid. I'd, and, and you know what the narrative is? Once you've been something like a lawyer or, you know, you have any kind of profession or something like that, people say, oh, you can't chuck it in. You know, so you've, you've spent 10 years of your life learning a trade or a profession. Oh, no, you don't want to give that up. And then the trouble is you can't give that up ever. So what, you're stuck on the same track? And what happened to me? I was, I was 35. It was after those key things had happened. And I remember I sat in my office thinking, okay, the, um, the change of retirement age had just happened. And of course, being a lawyer, I was pondering and advising clients on that. And I was thinking, okay, so I've got another 35 years. <laughs> and that shot yeah. on my focus. <laughs> I thought, okay, what's the best case scenario in 35 years? I get the corner seat. Wow. <laughs> and it was literally on that day I decided, no, I'm not going to carry on. So it was, first of all, it was leaving law was the first thing. And then I knew, and then it was, well, then what? I was like, well, of course yoga. That's been my bedrock. It's been the thing. It was the thing that got me through the divorce. It was the thing that got me through, you know, the car crash. It was the thing that 
got me through being a lawyer. It was the thing that's got me through life. So I thought, of course, it's got to be something in yoga. So that was kind of the moment. So it was the push. I had to leave the law. But it was also, gosh, you know, it was, it was an inevitable. I had to do something in the field of yoga. So it, it, it sounds like these major events were almost mm. just signs that, that, yeah. that, in fact, you had to make a change. But you, you were almost letting fear of, of the unknown kind of keep you f- from making mm. the change. So Absolutely. So, so you, you had this moment um yeah yeah epiphany epiphany and then and you knew it was going to be yoga but then then what because it it yeah right a lot of courage because you had all these things that were you know you had a a career path and 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 some stability and security so do do you know what the luckiest thing I think at that particular time was and the reason why I didn't do it earlier was because at that time I had least in my life because, of course, the husbands had buggered off. I, I was renting a home. I didn't really have a home. You know, everything was so up in the air. To be honest, I hardly had anything. And that was the reason why I think that the fear was less than it was at other times. Because whereas before, as I always had, mm, this is the path, this is my life. Actually, when there was less to lose, then I wanted to think about making the leap. So I think that really helped with gaining my courage. And the other thing that really helped gaining the courage was it was just a knowledge that if not this, what? Like really, like it it was just, it was a deep-seated thing in me. Like this is it. After, you know, I have nothing now. I have no husband, no life, no house, no da-da-da. If I don't do this, then there is nothing else. And that's a bizarre thing to think, but that really, really is a thing that occurred to me. So then what I did was I kind of came up with this when I was stuck in a meeting on that day. I came up with this little Venn diagram. It was a Venn diagram of the things which I was good at. So I thought, what am I good at? What do I love to do? And where are my talents? And as I drew it out, I realized that the Venn diagram just didn't meet up for being a lawyer. I literally had to pretend to be another person. <laughs> to do every single day to live every day of my life I was a total imposter um and then I realized okay I probably do have some other talent somewhere you know I have creativity and things that I haven't explored at all because when you were at school you, people say creative well, well that's art well I was never good at drawing stuff you know it's like um PE is for people who are good at sports and I was never good at sports because I was you know a bit lanky and mal coordinated so for that reason yoga spoke to me and then for the creativity well I realized that I was good at thinking of things but I'd never thought that thinking of things was creative <laughs> oh it's a funny world we live in isn't it it, it is it's it <laughs> certainly it can feel really reductive and 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 yeah. I think push, pushes people into these uh, funny little corners that they think yes. are their paths but they're not and I know this Absolutely. is something we've spoken about before is actually finding your true path um which which is a, wow. a very yogic way of thinking and so obviously being a, a lawyer or working as a lawyer in that in that mm-hmm. way wasn't your true path even though I'm you know things like justice you've talked about how the human rights law meant a lot 
to you mm. but but maybe this the structures weren't right so mm. so you, you discovered that yoga was something you enjoyed and you mm. trained as a teacher but but it sounds like there was still yeah. more, so there was more. Yeah. yeah good yeah more to the story so it was um so when I was younger, it was all about the shapes. Then after the car crash, when I basically I couldn't make shapes anymore. Um, and when I say all about the shapes, if, if Instagram was around when I was, you know, in my 20s as a budding Ashtangi, I would have been a flipping nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was the one, a, a blonde, bendy young thing at the front of the class making all the impressive moves and you know truly nauseating and really it was just sort of an advanced gymnastics group um but of course it made me feel pretty wonderful because mm. uh, it's the power of movement and then it was the car crash that made me realize oh shit there's more going on here than because my first thought is oh, i can't do yoga <laughs> after i couldn't move and then you realize oh shit yeah um that's not what yoga is after all, is it? Hmm. And then you kind of, um, yeah, I, I, I realized it was about the breath. And then actually, so after I left the law, it was a yoga nidra practice because absolutely, as you said, it's finding your dharma, finding your path. And for me, it was my yoga nidra practice that helped me to soften into myself to, I think, be receptive to realizing what it was that my dharma was because I really, I strongly feel that running movement for modern life is my dharma right now. There is no other path I can be on. And uh, yeah, it was a really interesting, uh, probably about a year of deep yoga nidra practices. And, and then again, a series of events, like lovely events that coincided and less so lovely ones. So, um, you know, I went off to America to be like, right, I'm going to find out what I'm going to do with my life, as we do. And I <laughs> went to the Yoga Journal Conference, which was brilliant, by the way. I do recommend it. It was a lot of fun. And you meet, you know, some of the big names in yoga. And some of them have got interesting things to, um, to share, really, very, very, and a good community of people. It was really, really great. And I said, right, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to find my path, and off I go. And then I came back, tail between my legs in the winter time with no home, no job, no path, no nothing. Oh, shit. So it's all gone horribly wrong. <laughs> um, and then the next shitty thing that turned out to be, mm, it's awful to say, but a good thing, was my beloved dog who'd seen me through my um, divorce got cancer. So I, um, I decided I was going to go into the countryside and just dedicate you know, my time to making sure that she um, had the best chance of survival and she could live peacefully for whatever life she had. And then I was sat in the countryside, because I was in London before, and I sat in the countryside thinking, oh God, but where are my teachers? This is, mm. you know, right now I'm going through this horrible cancer thing with my best friends and I really want to do my practices and the local teachers just were not really up to because I've been very lucky. I was like you, Rafi. I'd, I'd practiced with some blooming amazing world-class teachers. And, you know, I loved my local class. But Jesus, like, what is that move? You know, that's not how I'd sequence anywhere, you know, a bit snotty. So I thought, oh, God. So I went online and had a little look at what it was. It was seven, eight years ago now. And um, there really wasn't anyone who I thought was good. There was an a good American site, but they were just so annoyingly 
annoying. They just didn't speak in my language. I didn't, I didn't find they spoke to me. So I thought, oh God, I'm going to have to get one of my teachers to do a video and then I can do my practice at home. And that's when it will literally everything that I'd experienced just like slotted into place. I was like, oh, videos, right. I want to do this because I'm in the countryside. Oh yes, I remember in London, I used to sweat my way to get to class to go to these teachers. Ha, huh, this might be a thing. Um, there might be other people who want to watch yoga videos. Hmm. <laughs> and of course now it's so common, isn't it? But, um, but it wasn't back then. And so, and then my next step was just to, I, I called up my favorite teachers and I said, hey, what do you think? Would you do a video for me? Right. And I totally expected everyone to shut me down and say, don't be ridiculous, cat. get back, get a proper job. Go, you know, get back where you went. And everyone was just like, oh, I'll do that. It's a good idea. So I've got some really key teachers. So my favorites who I first asked were the teachers who I've known for years. They're Liz Lark, Jean Hall, Mercedes, Mimi, like the, the more senior Bridget Woods Kramer, the more senior teachers in London, the most, you know, they were the ones who I asked. And I thought, oh, okay. They've all given me a yes. Shit, I'm going to have to make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. I think there there are loads um, of things in 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 what you said that uh, I I want to find out um, more about. But I think one of the key things you've really said there was that you, you couldn't find anything really mm. local and and UK based. And and mm. I think and I think in terms of changing the 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 picture of of yoga and in in the UK, I think Movement for Modern Life is is really at, at the forefront in, in almost exploring the sense of what's happening um, in the UK rather than the US. I think you're right that we we for many years we have been looking uh, to to America for for I don't know for for guidance mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's where a lot of things started to happen. Yeah. But I think that in terms of of changing. That, that an understanding of what's going on you you certainly managed to put together some some really interesting teachers but i i was also just interested in exploring more with you that the, the sort of courage it took to 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 just say i'm going to create my own platform at a time when it didn't exist and we were all looking at america mm-hmm. and lots mm-hmm. of studios were bringing over american teachers cuz you know I, yeah. I don't know why we thought they were better than, than what we have but and you know what they got paid completely differently to the UK teachers that's what really hacked me off they were paid like way way more the US ones who came along I just thought what why are we undervaluing our people what is going on anyway that's another story <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that's that's really important as well that, that really thinking about how we change this this definition of 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 yoga and in the UK and, and also you've talked about not being in in London and, and really feeling the lack of teachers and I think that's that's something that that a lot of people can relate to except now there are there are more and more teachers that that are appearing in different parts of the country that are doing really, really interesting things. And I think that's something that movement for modern life has also been 
developing. So what we'll, we'll get back onto your own story in a second, but I'm just really interested in in two things around a you do have teachers on the site that are really interested in exploring this. I know yoga, there is people always talk about, yeah, yoga is this transformational thing, but mm. but but the teachers that on movement for modern life have under, have an understanding of it as a very deeply transformative thing at, at a, a kind of very deep spiritual level. And and I was I was really interested in in exploring with you where your interest in change and transformation Mm. comes from because I think you're all about changing things for the better um I think that's something you're really Mm. passionate about oh thank you I'm glad that that comes across Raki and you're absolutely right it is if I had a favorite topic in life (laughs) transformation is my favorite topic and I don't know why but I've always been ever since a child I've been fascinated by the process of transformation. As a kid, I was fascinated by butterflies. I've never really added them up as the same thing, but the ability to metamorphosize, the ability to almost to become what we choose, sounds very corny and American as well. But actually, um, I think there's a lot of elements of truth to it that our intention leads to our reality, our intention leads to our thoughts, our thoughts lead to our practices, our practices lead to our life. So there we go. That's, that's how it works. And I suppose that really is for me a really key thing that I get frustrated when, um, when folks are more rigid, when they're less traditional. So I suppose maybe it's my background because my parents aren't from the UK. They're, so they, were, they didn't have, in the way that many i think it's quite a um maybe it's quite a british thing a love of tradition a love of this is the way that things have always been maybe i'm wrong maybe that it's in other countries as well but um certainly my parents didn't ever feel that this is the way things have always done was ever an answer as a child is growing up this is the way that things have done was the start of a question (laughs) which made me a terrible child at school you can imagine and that and the why that's the thing oh so you do this in the morning interesting why oh so you start with a coffee why so you everything is a question and everything is up for change everything's up for grabs I think that thing of knowing that life is very mutable that nothing's fixed all that solid melts into air that was always one of my favorite quotes is that marks um I can't remember it was very, it, that was something that for me was really, really key. There's nothing solid. We can all change. We have the power to change. We just need to see it. And, and, and it's interesting because in spite of knowing that, at one point you were locked into a place of fear right. where, where you feel you, you, you couldn't change. Um, but you've mentioned a couple of really interesting, I guess, practices that, that, you explored on on your way to change so you've you've mentioned yoga nidra which Mm. is something that people can can definitely grasp at and understand but but you've also mentioned questioning and that that process of self-inquiry and asking the question why do you Mm. think that there are any 
other things that were really instrumental in in your changing from changing your life really in terms of not just job but you you also changed where you lived and 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 yeah, what you <laughs> so you you had this complete change um were there other changes of in in attitude or did you yeah. do any other practices that 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 were really helpful to you mm, I think I think for me change is so important that I mean first of all okay so I'm going to sort of unpick this because you did mention at first oh it's interesting that even though change is what your life is all about still you were stuck for 10 years that is very very interesting and that is possibly a human thing, that even somebody who is fascinated by a process of change, and I was desperate to leave the law, every two years, I would quit my job and look to do something else. But I couldn't think beyond, I couldn't see, I just, I didn't have the clarity, I didn't have the insight, I didn't have the self-knowledge, the self-questioning to see. You know, my yoga practice was incredibly physical, I wasn't really deepening it on much of a philosophical spiritual level so I think that I was stuck and I think so many people feel stuck in their lives like I was stuck until the age of 35 it's horrendous isn't it waste and you just think well being stuck is a very human condition and so I suppose when I I have a lot more empathy now I can see stuck for what it is because it's safe and because even if you know that you need to change, it's hard. It's really hard because we're creatures of habit and creatures of safety and we don't want to rock the boat. It's annoying and it's scary and we don't want to have to do that. And you kind of have to be forced into it. And I think sometimes the freest people are those who have less, less to lose. Because once you've got all these structures, like I think always about the English aristocracy, you know, they've got so many structures, so many traditions, so many things that keep them stuck. They are probably the least free people in the world. And and there was a bit of that. I was um, very privileged as a child, a very privileged person, of course. And I think that contributed to a feeling of stickiness and lack of awareness and maybe you know even though you sort of know in your heart of hearts that things aren't right unless there's something that really tells you you have to march forward something that really really stops you from living your life right in that moment you you just have to carry on in your stuck place so so anyway that was one thing I wanted to speak to was you know, I'm sounding like, oh, I'm the perfect person who knows all about change. No, I know much more about stuck than I know about change. <laughs> um, and yeah, I love making changes. Like I've changed where I live a few times. I've changed. I, 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 my practices really have changed because obviously I used to have a very physical practice and then I had a car crash and my body just doesn't move in that way anymore. And it's a letting go, isn't it? It's a shedding because it's sad. You just think, oh, I used to do that. I used to do those fancy things. And now, you know, if I can sort of open my heart over a bolster, it's wonderful, let alone sort of do lovely dropbacks and fancy things that I used to do. But then you think, well, that's the nature of life and you have to learn how to let go, don't you? 
Um, and, and it's a surrender. And I suppose that is what I've learned in my process of change because I've changed a lot since running Movement for Modern Life. Um, and I think it's been a process of surrender mostly. I know that Movement for Modern Life is, yeah, sure, I'm the sort of head on paper, but it does its own thing. And I just surrender to whatever has to happen. And I sort of listen more. That's, um, it, it's really interesting to hear you say that. I've been reading a lot recently about uh, creativity and ideas. And I think there are a lot of people and really big geniuses that just talk about their ideas or, or, or things they've created having a life of their own that, that, you know, and these things do go on to do to do their their own own things so um so I, I completely understand but, what, but you understand what you that mean. too Racky because you used to run your own creative project for years and years and years so I I did I did and, and and I I I understand that that process of of creating something mm. and then knowing also that when it's time to uh, mm. to move move on um but I also wanted to ask you about about that how you ride the waves of change because I think running quite a small organisation that 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 has you know it involves technology so mm. there are probably umpteen challenges that we can't even dream of but it, it is also quite quite a small organisation you don't have. A, a, Although it feels like it probably does have a cast of thousands with <laughs> all the amazing stuff on the site, it it it's quite small. So there must be yeah. a lot of change you contend with on a on a daily basis. How how do you kind of keep oh. strong and not go crazy and ride these waves of change? I don't know about not going crazy. I think possibly I've gone there and I live there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my home now and I'm happy with my new crazy home I, I must say the first two years of setting up Movement for One Life were just awful yeah really 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 hard because after the initial flow and everything comes together and it's perfect then you've just got the hard work of being on your own and and doing something that's not yet there, creating it. And it was just so hard. And then after two years, I wanted to give up and I was ready to give up. Um, and then I went on a yoga retreat and I went back to me and I was like, okay, it's all good. <laughs> just breathe through it. And it's kind of that. You just sort of realize, well, what will happen will happen. And you just have to breathe through it. And that sounds a bit, I don't know, it sounds a bit nihilistic or whatever. But actually relinquishing your can my I relinquish control on it on a daily basis and you know in sort of making the right decision or seeing all the changes that are having happening I sort of watch it and hope to kind of just navigate through the waters just navigating through in a sort of safe way I don't I, I suppose where we're very different to lots of technological companies is they um they have got very different aims to mine i think it's very normal so in the in the first few years we were approached by quite a few venture capitalists um who are people who basically give lots of money to um especially startup um tech businesses and they 
give them money in order that they grow quickly and then the idea is then they sell for they create a lot of value and then they sell but the trouble is that you're then owned by somebody else and they can pull the plug because their business model is basically they um yeah they they fund 10 businesses and they'll pull the plug on nine but one of them will make them a squillion pounds and they'll all be brilliant um, so I decided that I didn't want to be controlled by other people. I decided that this was movement for modern life had to have its own its own little rhythm, <laughs> and I think that's a good thing. Even though it does drive us all mad because you know we're a small team and we you know we just do what we do. We don't even have an office, do we? We just sort of do everything that we do from bed and our pajamas <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Which is one of the plus sides, I have to say. Definitely for me. God, not having to wear shoes. I love that. Yeah. So it makes me feel very free and very liberated, you know, not having an office. Because I think even the structure of going into an office, I know it's something that lots of people enjoy and people do struggle with not having it. But I find it incredibly liberating because I get to think and I love thinking, just having thought time and trying to work out little problems and then listening to the answer because I can't listen if I'm in the middle of a city or in the middle of an office. So, yeah, I guess that's all it is for me, Rafi. I, I think that's really interesting what, what you've said about letting go and surrendering and, and, and also making the time and, and space to, to listen. Um, and interesting that you went on a yoga retreat and... <laughs> felt that because um and and I, I'm sure I've shared this mm. with you but that that was very similar to to the process I had as well I went on a yoga retreat and suddenly thought oh I I think I need I need a change and 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 I'd been doing something that 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 I'd loved for for, for 20 plus years which was something I'd put together and it was it was creative and it was yes. a charity and it was wonderful but it was time for me to change and, and and actually being able to listen and then act on it it does does take some some courage because it does sound like a crazy thing I'm going to give up this steady thing I'm doing to, to step into the unknown um but I also wanted to ask you about... for Movement for Modern Life. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to write blogs for Movement, which I love doing. I love doing because I think you really do chart some amazing things and really do get, get to know about what it means to change and the, the process of, of transformation, which I think you said it, it was very human to feel stuck, but I think equally so to, to transform. I think maybe we are all all butterflies mm. but I, I also wanted to ask you about the weight of expectation because I think you you talked a little bit about that when you were talking about being a child and then mm. becoming a lawyer and I, you know that's that's a kind of I, you, you can see how that's a solid path and, mm. and you know you talked about other people that are stuck and I, I guess there's a weight, weight of expectation about mm how we should lead our our lives and and you and you were talking about but not not how, how happy you were that instagram didn't exist because you otherwise you'd have been the the bendy blonde instagram babe but um but there's a, an expectation as well that that's that's how mm. you should present yourself so mm -hmm. 
really in terms of changing and transforming what role do you think that weight of expectation has to play and how, how do you find the courage to say no actually I'm going to do this other really weird sounding thing I think age helps doesn't it because with more age the amount that you give a shit <laughs> decreases because in a way expectations are our cultural norms it's you know, I want to do the right thing for my husband, for the duh, for the... And, and, you know, we're told that we should be making a big salary and having a holiday and we should be buying these products and we should be wearing these clothes. And to be honest, I've pretty much... I mean, I haven't completely sort of um, set adrift from society, but I now question the the entire basis on which, you know, we've decided to formulate this Western capitalist society. And um, I now live somewhere which is quite isolated. I mean, isolated, maybe um, in nature. And you're just more mm. in tune with nature. And the more you're in tune with nature, the less you care that people might have expectations about your clothing or about the way you present. Or And it's lovely running your own business because you don't, you don't have to care about that. You know, I, I don't care for external circumstances, uh, you know, how, how I look and all of this stuff that all the TV and things would tell you that you have to care about. And it's lovely being able to be free from that. And I think running your own business is one of the joys because you get to pick the lovely people you work with. You get to pick the way you present in the world and you don't have to conform. And I think this conformity thing, oh... That's the shame. It is the shame. That's the thing that keeps rigidity. It's when people feel that they have to sort of, oh, I have to, aren't I good because I did this, this, not. No, just think of your own way. What works for you? Let's be a bit radical. I think the time has come. The time is, I think it's at a crisis point on so many points politically, um, from a climate point of view. I think everything's coming to a head. We can't afford not to be radical in our way that we look at the world so Kat you've mentioned how you you run your business from from outside London and have immersed yourself in nature and I was just actually wondering about the role you felt nature had to play in in supporting the changes you're making but also a little bit about nature and change nature's always changing but are we now changing nature as well do you think <laughs> such good questions love it and that's so there's so much that can be said about all of those things of course yeah we've changed nature so um hideously we've changed the environment we've changed the climate we've changed we've made it really hard for all other non-human species to live in this world we're really making it tricky for those people to survive and um yeah, I, um, as you can tell, I feel very strongly uh, that non-human species should have as strong a chance to express and live a happy life as we do. Um, and I've sort of created a little wildlife haven in my haven outside of London here in Gloucestershire. And yeah, I really think that the more time we all spend outside the more connected we are, we just need to sort of get our hands dirty and see the reality of life because sometimes we just think that 
that reality is on your phone or reality is in your head. It's, it's not. It's, it's there on the soil. And I think growing things is really helps you keep rooted to who we really are. What's your real place in the world? And, and knowing that, you know, yeah, everything changes. Everything everything dies everything has a time for growth and and i think i've learned i always learn a lot from our teachers um and i've learned an awful lot from mimi about this on um on our book club that we've done on show yang about how nature can teach us so much and it really has resonated with me um and i think it's true that you know we see it, so i suppose one of the things which i have a big um problem with is people who want a quick fix because this is how our society is you've got a headache take this you got this take this well how have you cultivated that what, what seeds have you sown what soil have you grown in order to get that particular symptom or you know there are things that we do on a daily basis to ourselves which um, don't help our own cultivation <laughs> so I see yoga is just sort of it's part of that picture for me of um, living in a very more in tune way so you know you don't do the same practices you do when you were 45 to when you were 25 you don't do the same practices in the morning to what you do in the evening you don't do the same practices when you have an injury you, you because you wouldn't water the soil you know the same in a heat wave to as you would a storm you have to look at what's going on around us and okay that's circumstance that's change this is what's happening now let's modify and go forward. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's that's really interesting. I think you're you're sort of really saying that we we are a part of nature. I yeah. think a lot we of people nature, feel yeah. that we are separate and that there's nature, which is a which is an odd way of of viewing the world. But mm -hmm. but that's a really beautiful way of of understanding that. And 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 you've sort of mentioned lots of different practices we we might do at different ages or time of the day or different mm. feelings and so on and 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 I'm, I'm really fascinated by by the teachers that that you invite onto movement for modern life because I know you you're you're selective and you, you really want to have a a good broad picture of of amazing UK Based teachers, um, but but also, I was just wondering how you how you select them because they all seem champions of change to me as well. That, that, that I think there is this thread running running through of um, and and I know on on the podcast there has been some amazing um, teachers that that have been fascinating to to listen to. But what how how do you in a way, you're affecting change by selecting these teachers. So what, how, how do, you, how do um, you pick these amazing teachers? Oh. Well, first of all, they're not UK-based. So we have um, people from all sorts of different countries. Um, and we do have Americans and Canadians and people from all sorts of different places on there. So, so UK-based is not... That's not the criteria, is the first thing. I don't mind where people are from. I think the criteria is, um, and now, now you're going to say, but hold on a minute, if you have other teachers, it's going to go back to um, that thing of the American. I think it's a, it's a style. 
what I look for is a, a type of person. And what and that's this is the difference to possibly what um, you might see elsewhere is I think that our people are a little bit more accessible. They're a little bit down to earth. They're a little bit a sense of humor, taking everything with because God life life is too serious to be serious. <laughs> I know someone said no one gets out of here alive. And I think teachers who have that sense of humor, that sense of I'm able to share these practices because they're something that I do. And that's really, really important because I think there's so many yoga teachers who actually don't teach their practice. And I mean, I'm not sure what that's about. They don't, I speak to a lot of teachers and a lot of teachers actually don't have a practice. They're just teaching. And you think, how are you teaching if you're not teaching practice? So our teachers are people who have a practice that they, a lot of them have cultivated their whole lives and they live their yoga. They're people who live their lives on yogic principles and integrity and honesty and truth and transparency and yeah a sense of humor and a sense of fallibility and I think often um, the yoga world is a little bit like um, looks at people who form gymnastic poses as some kind of you know these are the advanced people and the rest of them well they're just triers and I think our teachers luckily are the ones who've gone full circle from that yeah okay you know the gymnastics that's one thing and then what and now how do you live your life? And then what are your yoga principles? And how do you live it off the mat? And that is my passion is like, how do we live our yoga? And for me, having teachers who live their yoga is prime. They have to be teachers who obviously are absolutely amazing at what they do, but just so down to earth. And hopefully, you know, we can get a little diversity of a selection of teachers because you know, we're, we're all at different stages in our lives and we want different sorts of things and different kinds of people speak to us. So the more diversity we see represented in our teachers, the more we can see ourselves reflected back, um, maybe from what they say or who they are as people. Because that's, yeah, that's, that, that's important and there's not, there's not been much diversity. It's all been sort of white, bendy blondes like me, which is very boring. <laughs> Um, and so, so do you think that that the, the, the picture is is changing because I, I I'm really interested in thinking about you know you've created this amazing platform where people can access all sorts of, of things and and it's it's amazing because you can access this from from everywhere so it's not just that you go to a studio and you know practice there but um I was just really wondering about where where you think and how you think yoga is changing in the UK you mentioned diversity and and um Mm. that I think that might slow slowly be starting to to shift but but yes I think it's (laughs) just we're just at the start um it's certainly not kind of happened um everywhere but I, I was wondering what other changes and whether you think there is a kind of distinct flavour to, 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 to what's going on today in, in and around the UK and, and with the teachers that, that, that you 
you love the most and invite to to mm. be um, on on the platform. I, I I don't know if this is true. You can maybe respond to it. I, re- I remember reading somewhere that they that that um, said that it, the southwest of the UK seems to have the most um, creatively interesting yoga teachers that draw on all sorts of other things and I was like oh that's that's interesting and I've, I've been fascinated ever since reading that as to whether there is a unique flavor of <laughs> yoga teachers you know from from different places who knows I don't know I don't know is the answer um I'd love to um meet the southwest creatives um yeah there's a, we've got a few um yoga teachers in the southwest we've got you've got dan, the people like dan yeah. dan and bridget they're, they're both really um incredibly creative souls so uh, who knows that might be it i think being creative is part of the job of a good yoga teacher because you always need to think on your feet and be looking at what's happening and being responsive and being a person who's teaching to what's going on in the room around you that what's zeitgeisty what how are people feeling energetically emotionally physically and then responding so it is a creative process i think the process of of being in yoga yeah i i think now i I find it very hard to sort of know because i'm not a as you know raki i'm not a very peopley person i don't go to studios and i don't go to trendy classes and um or any other type of classes, really. I like I like practicing at home, so I don't really know um, very much about what's going on out there. But what I do hear is that people are now looking more for solutions to so rather than seeing yoga than as a fitness. So I think it's traditionally been seen as health and fitness, and now we're sort of starting to realise, okay, we can move on from the fitness thing. We're now talking about full body health and what that means you know, how you can live in a way, how, how your yoga can be integrated into your whole life to give you real health rather than sort of a better cardio stats mm. <laughs> or, or whatever. So, um, so true change, in, in fact, it's about real sort of, and not just the physical body, mentally, emotionally, yeah. body. Yeah, yeah I, I'd agree. I think that is really the way things are are shaping up um you also mentioned that the you know reading the with teachers reading the room and mm. really being creative and responding um of course lots of people um practicing to movement for modern life or practicing online or on their own or wherever they are are, are picking their own own classes so mm. do you have any sort of guidance in terms of how how people really respond to how they're feeling and I know this is something we've talked about Mm. before to really you know we just talked about listening as as one of the key Mm. key tools but how how would people really um, do that for themselves do you think in terms of picking a practice question yeah um I think I think the first thing to sort of know is that you can move off the treadmill. Like, just because a class starts at 7.30 and it's a vinyasa class with your favorite teacher, it doesn't mean that you have to do vinyasa at 7.30 or that your body wants to do it. So I think that it's a listening to your body. What is it that I really need 
what is it that I would really help me right now? And if it is the vinyasa at 7.30, brilliant, go for it. But it might be that, you know, maybe you're having your period right now, which means that there are practices which are more restful, more nourishing, more supportive that you could be doing. Um, oh gosh, one of my pet hates is in class when they just say, and if you are on your moon, don't do handstands. Like, really? Oh. Anyway, because there are so many beautiful, restful, supportive practices. If you're going through a menopause, maybe there are some cooling practices that you can do. If you're just feeling that you're a little bit frazzled from the day. Um, so I would really have the first thing to deciding what yoga class you could do is just give yourself one moment, one breath to just check in with yourself. Who am I right now? Where am I? And what do I want to move? What's the next? What's, where am I moving to next? You know, if you want to be energized or if you want to be calm or if you're just feeling a little bit depleted, like, oh, they've been getting at me today. You want to feel more confident. So that's why for me, emotions are a very important part of, you know, yoga has been a very important part in my journey for managing emotions and changing my emotional state. So that's why we have classes to search by emotions so that we don't need to be, you know, when people say, I am anxious, I'm an anxious person. Well, no, you just feel anxious right now. You know, it can change. Anything can change. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's where I'd start. How are you feeling emotionally? And, of course, if there are physical things, then, you know, if, oh, my back hurts, you know. Okay, so just do a nice gentle back and shoulders class. Or you want to get ready for bed, you haven't been sleeping so well, okay, do a ready for bed class. So hopefully I've made movement for modern life easy for people to search by that moment's check-in pause. How do I feel? How do I want to feel? And I think the other thing that, that's quite interesting about what, what you say is when people are deciding for themselves is they can, they can actually do a practice that might be labelled in a, a certain way but isn't necessarily so. So you could, you know, just because... <laughs> Uh, there's a man leading it or it, it says menopause on it I, that, that, they're just all yoga classes in the end <laughs> aren't they and everyone yeah. just needs to I, I think you can get something from from yeah. any teacher and any any yeah. class can't you you can find what what yeah. you need once you've identified what yeah. that is that's a very wise um that's a very wise um comment that yeah because you're absolutely right I sometimes do postnatal classes I often do pregnancy classes and you know not you're not defined by your label and we don't need to define ourselves by our label yeah a label is a useful thing for you know if you're coming at it from that point of view right right I am postnatal right now and I want something to address it fine but you can think about life in a broader way in a bit more of a creative way yeah absolutely agree yeah so I'm going to ask you something that, that um, just to, to, to conclude, but do you have some top tips or some advice for people making, making change? I think all, all through, throughout our chat, you've mentioned loads of, of different ways of, of approaching changes, but um, I think really we've talked about how you can approach changes you want to make but also maybe do you have any advice for people who have had changes thrust upon them which I think 
happens a lot as as well. Yes. Yeah, of course. And, you know, when I was in the car crash and when I, when the husband was leaving me, you know, those weren't changes that I was looking forward to. They were not changes that I wanted at all at that time, but everything worked out as it does. So yeah, what, what to do? I think the first thing to do would just be, you know, acquaint yourself back to your breath really, because you know, it's just knowing that you're, you're, you're solid throughout. You, you can cope. You've got it. You don't need to worry about anything because you really have your breath. And so long as you have your breath, that's everything that you need. And it's a pretty profound practice to sort of work out, work that one out. And it's a gut-wrenching one when you're in that moment that you realize that oh god I might not have my life I might not have anything but right now you still have your breath this moment you have your breath so you just can return to that and that in this moment is all that there is you know and really the rest of it is just mental chit chat and we can just look at our breath and think well and where now where can I go from this point? And once you know that, you can be a little bit braver, a bit more courageous to deal with the horrible things that can happen to us all. Um, and I, I really hope that Move for Modern Life is a resource for people who are going through the shit, frankly, <laughs> because there are so few resources for people. And often, if you are going through a really awful time, you know, you've lost your movement for whatever reason or you're going through a horrendous health condition or a tricky emotional time, the last thing you want to do is head out to a busy city and go to a crowded yoga class and put on some fancy yoga pants. You just want to be at home and feel nourished, supported, and you can get through it. And sometimes it's it's nice just having that peace, but it is scary, and I do get that. It's really scary to confront yourself and to... I mean, when I first came back onto the mat, I'd just sort of dissolve in tears for days and days. I can't do yoga. I'm slipping around the mat on my tears. And it's grim. (laughs) But you just have to, you have to be brave. There's no other choice in life. We have to be brave and we have to get to it. I mean, that's all there is. You just, you just know that it's hard and you know that it will be over. Whatever it is, the good and the bad. (laughs) Yeah. that's 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 brilliant i think that's a fantastic piece of advice be brave show up and yeah. change change changes um it changes you but it also changes itself so nothing yeah. is permanent but change can also be really fun i think you've made it sound like an amazing thing however sticky tricky and icky it might feel yeah I think at the time of going through change I think if you'd have spoken to me when I was going through the divorce yeah I wouldn't be feeling quite so cheery (laughs) yeah absolutely I think it's horrible at the time and and then afterwards oh I'm free I'm liberated all the opportunity all the possibility all the energy the excitement every breath is a chance to you know have new cells new life new possibilities so yeah it's a reframing in the mind isn't it yeah well thank you Kat for championing change Um, I I think it's brilliant thank you well I really 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 appreciate you Raki everything that you do to support me personally and support the movement um it's wonderful to have such a wise 
person on board to discuss life with and I've I've really enjoyed this chat like I enjoy all of us and next time I'll have to interview you because you're a woman with a life of learnings as well you are um, a truly amazing humble soul who is also now a yoga teacher as well so congratulations on your change thank you <laughs> and um, I look forward to seeing how that's going to blossom as well I know that many good things will happen and I hope that folks have enjoyed this comments questions join our Facebook movers group join in the chat if anything here you think absolutely no don't agree I love I love disagreement a bit of debate nothing like it so let me know <laughs> any which way and Raki thank you so so much I really have appreciated um, the time that you have taken to talk to me. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that and perhaps it inspired you to sit down peacefully and see if you are living your dharma or what is it that you could think about changing in your life if there is anything that you'd like to change. Anyway, do please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts head over to movementformodernlife.com forward slash podcasts to find out more changes in our Champions of Change series. And please do leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you found your podcast so that others can find us. And again, I really, really do appreciate your support for Movement for Modern Life. Without you, we wouldn't be here. So thank you and I'll see you next time.